Welcome to Corruption of Child Protective Services. I am your host, David Shore. You know, we always hear of exigent circumstances. I even covered that recently. The Department of Child Services in Indiana defines exigent circumstances as situations that would cause a reasonable person to believe that a timely interview with the child is necessary due to concern for the child's well-being and safety and that seeking parental guardian or custodian consent first may cause harm to the child or place the child at greater risk. Well, from www.law.cornell.edu, Exigent Circumstances states that circumstances that would cause a reasonable person to believe that entry or other relevant prompt action was necessary to prevent physical harm to the officers or other persons, the destruction of relevant evidence, the escape of the suspect, or some other consequence improperly frustrating legitimate law enforcement efforts. One is for law enforcement, the other one is administrative. So what does that mean? In layman's terms, Department of Child Services, Child Protective Services, whatever initials they want to give themselves, whatever title they want to give themselves, is an administrative agency. And as such, law enforcement would need to be there and to prove that there is a threat, a risk. Well, if they don't see anything, how can then law enforcement be involved? That is a question you should ask. How do they go about taking our children when there's nothing? And I mean nothing. Let's go over those definitions again. DCS defines accident circumstances as situations that would cause a reasonable person to believe that a timely interview with the child is necessary due to concerns for the child's well-being and safety, and that seeking parental guardian or custodian consent first may cause harm to the child or place the child at greater risk. Well, at www.law.cornell.edu, Actions and circumstances are circumstances that would cause a reasonable person to believe that entry or other relevant prompt action was necessary to prevent physical harm to the officers or other persons, the destruction of relevant evidence, the escape of the suspect, or some other consequence improperly frustrating legitimate law enforcement efforts. The big difference is that the legitimate law enforcement efforts and the fact that it is a legal matter with DCS, CPS, or whatever, it is a different story because they are administrative, but let's go over the involuntary removals. Now, this is Chapter 4, Assessment, 
Section 28 Involuntary Removals, Effective date July 1st, 2019, and this version is number 8. So, unless I state otherwise, this is what is currently in the Indiana Department of Child Services Child Welfare Policy. Now, Statement of Purpose. The Indiana Department of Child Services will remove a child from his or her parent, guardian, or custodian if, and there are three, and I'm going to state them in order. One, a reasonable person would believe the child's physical or mental condition is seriously impaired or seriously endangered due to injury by the act or omission of the child's parent, guardian, or custodian. Or, two, the child's physical or mental condition is seriously impaired or seriously endangered as a result of the inability, refusal, or neglect of the child's parent, guardian, or custodian to supply the child with necessary food, clothing, shelter, medical care, education, or supervision, and three, the coercive intervention of the court is needed to protect the child. So, what that is basically stating is you have to be a completely neglectful or abusive parent to allow these things to happen. Now, let me go over the three again. A re- one, a reasonable person would believe the child's physical or mental condition is seriously impaired or seriously endangered due to injury by the act or omission of the child's parent guardian or custodian or two the child's physical or mental condition is seriously impaired or seriously endangered as a result of the inability refusal or neglect of the child's parent guardian or custodian to supply the child with necessary food clothing shelter medical care education or supervision And three, the coercive intervention of the court is needed to protect the child. By DCS's own admission and own policy, they are stating that unless all those things are met, they cannot remove your child under exigent circumstances. Yet they put it down all the time. There is nothing that shows, maybe there's nothing that shows any of this, that the child's physical or mental condition is seriously impaired or seriously endangered as a result of the inability, refusal, or neglect of the child's parent, guardian, or custodian to supply the child the necessary food, clothing, shelter, medical care, education, or supervision. In other words, unless you don't provide the child with food, with clothing, with a place to live, with go to the doctor, with education, and you're not supervising them. If you have not done any of that, then according to them, they can't remove the children. Now, let's go on. DCS will obtain a court order. Let me repeat that again for those in the Indiana state of Indiana, specifically in 
areas like Bloomington, Indianapolis, and South Bend, Indiana. DCS will obtain a court order prior to removing a child unless emergency removal is necessary to protect the immediate health and safety of the child. Now, note, in an Indian Child Welfare Act, ICWA, or potential ICWA case, the emergency removal only exists if a child alleged to be an Indian child is in immediate physical danger. Okay, let's go over this for a minute. So, Indian means Native American. That means that unless the child is an Indian, according to their writing, according to what I see here, they cannot remove the child in any way, shape, or form. According to their rules, I am reading from that. Their Indian Department of Child Services Child Welfare Policy. You can find this at www.in.gov slash DCS. You can also put Indian Department of Child Services Child Welfare Policy and it'll bring you right up there. Go to Chapter 4 Assessment, Section 28, Involuntary Removals. So, DCS will not remove a child without a law enforcement agency, LEA, present unless, one, emergency removal is necessary, and two, LEA, law enforcement agency, has been contacted but is unable to be present during the removal and there is an immediate concern for the safety and well-being of the child. So... If DCS removes a child without a court order and or LEA present, DCS will document in the case management system the reasons why such measures were necessary. Well, according to their own rules, they can't. So how are they getting away from it? Well, when we come back, I'll explain that situation. We will be back. are back now like like I had just got done if DCS removes a child without a court order and or law enforcement agents present DCS will document in the case management system the reasons why such measures were necessary well let's go on further and see what their policy is DCS will secure a detention hearing within 48 hours of detention of the child, excluding Saturdays, Sundays, and state holidays. This next part, though, I really want to emphasize because it's part that every parent goes through, and especially in Indiana, those that are in Indiana, especially in the Indianapolis, Bloomington, and South Bend area, you should be able to identify. DCS will notify the following adult relatives within 30 days of a child's removal from his or her parent, guardian, or custodian. One, paternal and maternal grandparents. Two, aunts and uncles. Three, siblings of the child involved. Four, parent of a child sibling if the parent has legal custody of the siblings. And five, any other relatives suggested by the child or parent. 
So, in other words, they're supposed to contact them. Well, anyone in who knows CPS and DCS, and especially those in Indiana, know they never do that. Hear that, Miss Stigden? We're on the other side, and you're trying to bullshit people into believing, oh, yeah, we notify them. That's bullshit, and you know it. Let's continue, folks. The DCS local office will neither delay nor deny placement of the child in an available resource home based on the race, color, or national origin of the child or resource parent when a child who is believed to be a foreign national or an Indian child is removed due to an immediate safety concern. Anyone who's gone through that, who is a foreign national or you're of Native American descent, you know if this happens or not, and chances are it probably doesn't happen like they write. Continuing, DCS will notify the appropriate foreign consulate or embassy in the United States, U.S., of the child's country of origin as soon as possible when DCS determines that a child believed to be a foreign national has been detained. In addition, DCS will notify the foreign consulate or embassy when necessary if the detained child's parents are foreign nationals. In other words, if you are from another country, they're going to notify your consulate and probably tell them, hey, we're going to probably deport all the family. Or we're going to lock them up. We're going to separate the mom and the dad. We're going to take the kids and... You know, we're not going to tell them that we're going to be sending these kids to some other home. If you see my documentary, Families Destroyed, that the film festival starts tomorrow at 10 p.m. I advise you to watch it because one of the cases does involve a child who is Hindu and they force the child to eat meat. And I am not kidding. Okay, DCS will gather the information necessary to determine eligibility for federal funding when a child is removed from the home. Hey, you gotta get those bonuses. Isn't that right, Miss Stigden? You gotta get those $2,000 bonuses every month that child is out of the home. And hey, put that child in that big book of pictures so that somebody can look, oh yeah, I want that child. And expedite the parental termination as soon as possible so you can adopt that child out and anywhere from $250,000 all the way up to $1 million depending on the child. You know, what is it? A bidding one or $250,000, Do I hear $300,000? Do I hear $400,000? To do this, I thought slavery was over. I thought. The president was doing away with sex trafficking, child trafficking, human trafficking. Apparently, maybe even the president doesn't know or his administration isn't caring that this is still going on. Now, the code references there. Oh, oh boy. The temporary placement of a child taken into custody is Indiana Code 313404. Documentation by a person taken 
taking child into custody without court order forms. That's Indiana Code 3134-26. Now, the procedure. Hey, are you guys ready for the procedure? I know I am. The procedure is the family case manager, FCM, will... One, obtain supervisory approval prior to removal of any child from their parent, guardian, or custodian. The supervisor is going to say, yeah, sure, no problem. Two, obtain a court order authorizing the removal unless emergency removal is necessary. It's always an emergency. They can't wait because the truth of the matter is when it is discovered that there is no abuse, they have to leave the child there. Plus, also, if they leave the child there, they don't get their bonuses. Three, request law enforcement agency presence at the removal. Well, excuse me. If it's an emergency removal, why do you need that? Oh, because people will probably beat the shit out of someone trying to take their kid. I mean, if you're any loving parent, you're going to defend someone taking your children. Four, obtain information about the child in order to make the transition for the child as easy and as safe as possible. Translation, we got to transfer this child from loving, caring parents into a home, a foster home or another state agency whereby they'll get abused worse than what we accuse the parents of. Five, prepare the child for removal. How do you prepare a child for removal? We're taking you, pack your things. Six, ask the question, is this an Indian child? If the child is believed to be an Indian child, complete the Indian status identification standard form 55407 form and genogram with the family and forward the completed documents to the family case manager's supervisor for review who will then forward documents to the DCS staff attorney. In other words, unless your child is Indian, they're going to take them and not document it. Seven, provide the child's parent, guardian, or custodian the advisement of legal rights upon taking a custody of filing a petition on behalf of a child alleged to be a child in need of services. Standard Form 47114. At the time of removal or notify the parent, guardian, or custodian within two hours of the child's detention and provide him or her with the advisement of legal rights upon taking a custody of filing a petition on behalf of a child alleged to be a child in need of services, SF 47114, if they were not present at the time of removal. Which chances are, when they go to the school, they will not be present at the time of removal. That's why also you have that nice little hatch letter, which they are probably not going to like. Note, in ICWA cases, this DCS staff attorney will utilize the information from the Indian Status Identification Form SF55407 and Genogram to complete the ICWA notifications to the parent, Indian custodian, and or Indian tribe in accordance with ICWA guidelines. Those who are Native American are probably going, yeah, right, like that happens 
And if it does, please still file a lawsuit against them. Eight, complete the taking custody of a child without a verbal or written court order. Description of circumstances, standard form 49584 to document why the child was removed without a court order and or without law enforcement agency presence if such extreme measures were taken. Number nine, complete a diligent search to identify all adult relatives. (laughs) Excuse me, mistake then. I know for a fact you guys did not check any of my family or their mother's family or friends that would have been willing to take either our son or our daughter. I mean, after all, I know it was before your time, but still. And considering completing a permanency and practice support PPS referral to the DCS investigators if assistance is needed. When we come back, I'm going to keep on going right down the list. And if you're starting to get upset, well, you better get another cup of coffee and settle in because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this ride is only beginning. We'll be back. And we are back. Well, hey, is everyone sitting down? Or are you on your feet and getting very mad and about ready to rip DCS, CPS, or whatever title they want to give themselves, rip their heads off? shit down their necks and shove their heads up their ass? Well, here we go. Number 10. Complete and send the notice to relatives standard form 55211 to the following adult relatives within 30 days of a child being removed from his or her parent, guardian, or custodian. A. Paternal and maternal grandparents. B. Aunts and uncles. C siblings of the child involved. D. Parent of a child's sibling if the parent has legal custody of the sibling and E. Any other relatives suggested by the child or parent. So how many people just in Indiana that actually happened to? How many people in the continental United States did you have any of these contacted? How about in the world? Did they go through this process? Do they have to go through this process? Or do they just decide, hey, guess what? We're going to take this kid and we don't care. Because, hey, we got the this couple here who wants to adopt this child out and we're going to do everything we can to terminate the parental rights. Isn't that right, Miss Stigden? That's why you got $4.7 million from the federal government. Lion-ass bitch. 11. Consider the suitability of non-custodial parents, relatives, and former foster parents when securing appropriate placement for the child. Translation, hey, we have got a CPS investigator we're going to put this child with, even though it's a contradiction. It's a conflict of interest, sorry. Plus, also, if you have a special needs child and they take the child, it is a violation of the IDEA Improvement Act of 
2004. Check the procedural safeguards, 1415. And when you read it, read B to A. You're going to just love the fact that they cannot have any employee who works for the state who's involved in the education or care of the child. And I'm just paraphrasing, but uh, you get the point. 12. Notify the child's school of his or her removal within 72 hours and ensure the school is aware of any safety measures and or medical interventions needed. Oh, wow. So at least they say, well, we're checking on the child, making sure the child's education and care is taken care of. Well, Ms. Stickton, then what happened to cases such as mine whereby you put a social worker as a foster parent? It violates federal law. But then again, hey, that's CPS or DCS or whatever. Uh, Number 13, notify the DCS Central Eligibility Unit, CEU, CEU, when a child receiving benefits from the Adoption Assistance Program, AAP, or the Guardianship Assistance Program, GAP, hey, the gap, is removed from his or her home. 14, complete the consulate-slash-embassy notification SF55676 immediately when a foreign or dual-national child is detained or a foreign nationality is identified, whichever comes first, and sent to the International and Cultural Affairs ICA liaison. Note, a consulate embassy notification SF55676 must be completed for each child. Oh, least they're notifying the consulate that they just kidnapped someone's child because for whatever reason. Because they think that the child's in danger. Well, excuse me. (sighs) Anyhow, 15. Complete the preliminary inquiry, PI, and submit it to the family case manager supervisor for review. 16. Staff with the DCS staff attorney regarding the preliminary inquiry and coordinate to schedule a detention hearing. 17. Submit the preliminary inquiry to the DCS staff attorney. Oh, wow. At least they're making sure the attorney knows what's going on. And, Ms. Stickton, if your attorney is listening to this, he better get his briefs ready. Because I have a funny feeling a lot of people are going to go, Hey, guess what? We're going to sue. And I actually hope that they do. 18. Provide the parent, guardian, or custodian with advance written notification of the detention hearing using the notice of hearing form. Also, see notification responsibility for ICWA and policy 2.12 Indian Child Welfare Act ICWA. So in other words, you're supposed to be notified of this detention hearing. But as you have heard before, there are times when parents are not notified. And then, especially a hearing on termination of parental rights. Ms. Stigden, how many more lawsuits does DCS have to go through? 
19. Complete the DCS Child Support Worksheet Questionnaire form and submit it to the DCS staff attorney. In other words, they got to get their money also from the biological father. Do you think the biological mother is going to pay anything? 20. Coordinate and facilitate the child and family team, CFT, meeting when it has been determined the child is at imminent risk of removal. Please see separate policy 5.7 child and family team CFT meetings for additional information. Note, the CFT composition may look different in the assessment phase. Over time, the functioning of the team may change and other team members may be identified. In other words, hey, we'll change as we see fit. 21. Complete a child and adolescent needs and strengths CANS, C-A-N-S, assessment. 22. Complete a Permanency and Practice Support PPS Referral and Kid Tracks for ICA services if ICA needs are identified. In other words, they want to get have you ter- them terminate your parental rights just as quickly as possible. They're already talking about terminating your parental rights even before the allotted time. Boy, Miss Stigden, how many people do you have waiting for children? Got an idea. Lay down, spread your legs, and get pregnant a few times. And then give your children away. And collect that money. Because you are a heartless little bitch. 23. Ensure all information and actions taken are documented in the case management system. The family case manager supervisor will, one, staff with the family case manager and provide supervisory approval for removal of a child when it has been determined the child cannot safely remain in the home. Who determines that, huh? How about law enforcement? Let them make the final determination. Not you. You administrative agent. So in other words, if the police say no, you can't suddenly get fucking pissed off simply because you don't like the police when they go against what you say. Well, guess what? You don't always get what you want. Two, assist the family case manager with any removal activities. And three, review the PI prior to the DCS staff attorney screening the PI and Chen's petition. Well, as you can see, uh, I could go on further and further, but you're getting the general idea. This is what families go through every single day. Now look, we have to know one thing, and it's this. We have to know that CPS is not geez. CPS is not a law enforcement agency never has been, never will be so I'll tell you right now we have to stop it now before I go 
Now, remember what I said about the Individuals with Disabilities Education Improvement Act of 2004, or Idea Improvement Act, where state agents, people, state employees cannot be foster parents. DCS investigators. DCS investigators are employees of DCS who are responsible for assisting family case managers in locating absent parents, relatives, and or other identified persons of interest to the case and or assessment. Family case managers may make a referral for this assistance in situations where all procedural steps have been completed and their efforts have been unsuccessful. Additional information regarding how to make a referral, when to make a referral, and other helpful information can be found on the Permanency and Practice Support Investigator website. In other words, what I just read there is they are state employees, and Ms. Stigden, as such, people such as myself can now file lawsuits on the Idea Improvement Act and since you violated the law, and since you clearly state, or at least DCS states that DCS investigators are employees of DCS, I think it's only fair that you review all cases that involve DCS investigators, and especially reports coming from DCS investigators who are also foster parents. And we will be back. back. Now, in the assessment, the section 16, medical examination, psychological testing, drug screens, and substance abuse evaluations. The effective date was March 1st, 2016, and it's the fifth version. Now, I'm going to read a few of the statement of purpose. During an assessment, the Indiana Department of Child Services, DCS, may obtain medical examinations and or psychological tests, drug screens, or other substance abuse evaluations on an alleged child victim and any child who lives in the home of an alleged child victim to determine the health and well-being of the child. In simple terms, make sure that the child is healthy physically and mentally. DCS will pursue a medical examination when one or more of the following conditions exist. Let me repeat that. DCS will pursue a medical examination when one, one or more of the following conditions exist. One, the child has an injury that would cause a reasonable person to believe that medical attention is necessary. Two, the allegations include sexual abuse involving penetration, and it is believed the information that will be gathered during the examination of the child will assist in making an assessment finding. Three, the child has been removed from a property that contains a contaminating controlled substance. So in other words, Indiana Drug and Endangered Child DEC Response Protocol or for the child is under two years of age and shaking or a head injury is alleged even if there are no visible injuries. 
Note, a pediatric evaluation and diagnostic service, PEDS, referral is mandatory for all children less than six years of age with allegations of suspected abuse or neglect involving the head or neck and all children less than three years of age with alleged allegations of suspected abuse or neglect resulting in fractures or burns or suspected fractures or burns. Although this policy states the age for mandatory PEDs referrals, all intake reports involving injury or suspected injury to the head or neck of any child, as well as fractures and burns regardless of age, will be identified in the case management system so local office staff may evaluate the need for a non-mandatory referral to the program. The Pediatric Evaluation and Diagnostic Service PEDS program is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Doesn't that sound like some sort of infomercial? DCS will ensure that all child victims who will be under the supervision of DCS receive a child and adolescent needs and strengths CANS assessment. DCS will pursue psychological testing, diagnostic, and evaluation services when approved by the clinical services specialist and one or more of the following conditions exist. One, the child's CANS assessment indicates a need for a full mental health assessment. That's 5.19, the policy is 5.19, child and adolescent needs and strengths CANS assessment. Two, the child exhibits behavior that would cause a reasonable person to believe he or she is a danger to him or herself and others. DCS will pursue a drug screen and or substance abuse evaluation of the child victim if one or more of the following conditions exist. One, the alleged child victim may have had access to illegal substances being used by the parent, guardian, custodian, or other adults in the home. Or, two, the alleged child victim's behavior indicates he or she may have used or been exposed to illegal substances as a result of neglect or lack of supervision on the part of the parent, guardian, or custodian. In other words, parents, if you use drugs, make sure you don't leave them out for the kiddies to get. Sometimes they think pills are candy. But, you, you know, I'm not telling you something you don't already know. I'm not going to preach to you. Because you get that enough from CPS. DCS may ask a parent, guardian, or custodian of an alleged child victim to voluntarily submit to a medical examination and or psychological testing, drug screens, or other substance abuse evaluations if there is an indication based upon the behavior of the individual or the allegations involved child abuse and or neglect, CA slash N, which may be due to, one, illegal substances, substance use, Two, alcohol abuse. Or three, mental incompetence. In other words, if you're using drugs, if you're using alcohol, or if you're a complete nut job. 
Note, if the parent, guardian, or custodian does not agree to voluntarily submit to medical examinations, psychological testing, drug screens, or other substance abuse evaluations, DCS may pursue a court order if such examinations, tests, and evaluations are necessary to complete the assessment. DCS may seek access to medical, mental health, or substance abuse records of the parent, guardian, or custodian as part of a preliminary inquiry if needed when a child is alleged to be a child in need of services. Chins. DCS may petition the juvenile court for an order to release the mental health records if the parent does not consent. In other words, get a court order if uh, they think that uh, you have in other words, you have either abusing the child because you're mentally unstable or you've been using some sort of drugs or alcohol. The code reference for the mental or physical examinations is IC 313212. Scope of investigation by Department of Child Services, order for access to home, school, or other place or for mental or physical examinations is IC 313387. Child need of services, petition for emergency hearing on request for records of parent, guardian, or custodian, IC 163938. Now the procedure. The family case manager, FCM, will one, secure written consent from the parent, guardian, or custodian. To seek a court order if consent is not given and the child is alleged to be a chins. Note, in emergency situations, it may not be possible to secure consent from the parent, guardian, or custodian, or a court order. In simple language, hey, we're going to violate the law. We're going to take these kids because we feel these kids are being abused, yet we can't see any physical signs. Three, arrange for necessary medical examinations and or approved psychological testing, drug screens, or substance abuse evaluations. Ms. Tickton, let me repeat that one. Arrange for necessary medical examinations and or approved psychological testing, drug screens, or substance abuse evaluations. Parents in Indiana and all around the world, including this country, did they do that on yours? Note, family case managers should consult with his or her family case manager, supervisor, and clinical services specialist to determine the need for psychological testing, diagnostic, and evaluation services. And all psychological testing needs to be approved in advance by the clinical service services specialist. For ensure a PEDS referral is made if warranted or required. Five, request written findings upon the examination and follow procedures in policy 4.17 at accessing child's medical, psychological, and substance abuse records to obtain copies of the records. Now, I'm going to get on one and then I'm going, I'll probably continue this at a later date. Medical exams for alleged sexual abuse victims. Now, I'm going to go a little further in this segment. So bear with me. Because this is a biggie that's been going around the country lately. 
The extent and type of evaluation will be determined by a medical doctor. The doctor will likely consider such things as the length of time that has passed since the incident, the age of the child in relation to the trauma of an invasive exam, etc. Temporary confinement of the child. Per IC 3132122, the juvenile court may order that the child be temporarily confined for up to 14 days, including Saturdays, Sundays, and legal holidays for the completion of mental or physical examinations of the child. In other words, they should do an examination on the child if allegations are made against the parents, either the father, the mother, or both, if the child has been sexually abused. Not just say, oh yeah, we believe the child has been sexually abused. Now, taking into account children that are special needs, what a, from autism all the way to extreme, know the signs, know what these kids, their mannerisms, everything. Talk to your doctor. Find out if you don't know. Don't just, just go by the title. Dig. Know everything about your child. That way, you have ammunition against CPS. Any kind of allegation of physical abuse, psychological abuse, sexual abuse. In other words, number one, don't let them talk to your kids, not even at their school. Not without a lawyer present. Let the lawyer handle this. But above all, know what you are fighting and who you are fighting and above all keep your mouth shut in my next episode I will be going over something that Kevin Patrick Seaver had sent me and it's about controlling your temper around CPS and Mr. Seaver thank you very much for sending me that I will be putting that in the next episode and I know you're probably going to be mad at them, but we have to fight fire with fire. But we can't let our emotions get the better of us. We have to be the ones that are calm, cool, and collected. Let them and let law enforcement lose their cool. That way when you go to court, and especially if you are recording everything, you can show the court. And if they don't allow it, Send it to the appellate court. But one way or the other, you nail their asses to the wall and you hold them to their own policies and procedures. Until next time, keep safe. And during this COVID-19, especially the President of the United States, keep everyone in your prayers. Keep only good thoughts. And may we all be able to meet at some future date where CPS is no more and we can celebrate with our families. This has been David Shore for your Corruption of Child Protective Services. And may God bless you. May God bless your family.